Welcome to Get on the Mend from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. We want you to get healthy and stay healthy. So with evidence-based advice from physicians, healthcare providers, and researchers, take charge of your health. As most of us get ready to return to the office or get our children ready to go back to school, keep in mind what vaccines or boosters you, your loved ones, or your children should get before going back to school or work. Our guest for this episode is Dr. Richard Lampy, pediatrician and expert on infectious disease. Dr. Lampy, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Melissa. My pleasure to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your expertise and what you do at the Health Sciences Center? I'm a pediatrician and have been that for over 50 years. The last 27, 28 years have been at the Health Sciences Center here in the Department of Pediatrics in Lubbock. And I do, besides pediatrics, most of that time I've done infectious disease, which means we assess children for infections and try to provide recommendations for treatment, and with that, prevention of infections, which involves vaccines. You have a couple of guests with you there. Would you like to introduce them? Uh, I do. Two medical students, one in the third year of medical school and one in the fourth year, both are from this region. One uh, is from Plains, Texas. The other is from Lubbock. And one of the uh, gentlemen uh, has a brand new baby daughter. So, uh, the only immunization she has received was the uh, hepatitis B vaccine already at birth. Well, congratulations. What are vaccines and how do they work? I think the best way to think about them as a parent or anybody, there are bad germs that cause diseases in children. And these bad germs can be measles, they can be meningitis, they can be pertussis, and vaccines are those that are uh, made so that they no longer are bad germs, but when they are given often as a shot, but sometimes by mouth, they provide protection against those bad germs. And it's natural protection from your own body. And that's why it works. Can you explain to us what is herd immunity and what that has to do with vaccines? Yes. Yeah. We, uh, We were just listening to a song. I'll give you the song at the end so people can play it for themselves and their children as they want. But uh, the way to to think about a herd immunity, I think, is to think of a, a very vulnerable small baby in the middle of a circle. And around that circle are all the parents, all the aunts, all the uncles, all the neighbors. And to protect that baby, it's important from any infection that those people around the baby have been protected. And I think it's perhaps called herd because if you put a small cow who's sick, maybe a calf in the middle of a herd, you want all of the herd around to be immunized to protect that small calf. Think of it also to protect, everybody knows what cancer is. And so if children have cancer, if adults have cancer, they, if they're getting chemotherapy, their vaccinations may not work and we want to protect them from catching any infections. And so the people around them, their herd, their family, everybody, if they're immunized, that is herd immunity. Have there been any diseases that we no longer have to fear because of vaccines? 
there have. If people are interested in history, this is fantastic. Smallpox has been eliminated thanks to the vaccine. And I hope that in my lifetime, I'm gonna see polio eliminated. I can remember polio growing up when it was an epidemic, but with the onset of the vaccines, first oral and now the shot in the United States, there are only two countries in the world that still have polio. And if they get eradicated before the end of my life, that's gonna be another vaccine preventable disease that's been eliminated from humans. Now, there were obviously babies born during the pandemic and they've been perhaps isolated at home with their parents all this time. Would that child also need to get immunizations? Yeah, that's, that's a very good question, Melissa. I can't, I can't even understand the stress that parents have had during this pandemic that's been going on about a year and a half. To be pregnant during that time, to have a newborn baby and then be caring for them at home with all of the things that are on there. So it, it is very important that those children get their routine vaccines at two months, four months, six months, and get those checkups. Even uh, in Texas, there was a drop off in vaccines because parents were afraid to bring them to the doctor's office, et cetera. But done carefully, you know, with masking and the uh, all of the rules before we had the vaccine, it was important that those children get their immunizations. And so uh, it, the way to remember this is those vaccines that they're getting could still happen to a newborn baby, uh, tetanus, pertussis. It's important that all children get their vaccines on time. And the uh, pandemic has cause some delay in some families, but yes, they're going to need it. And right now we are offering that in all pediatric offices. Uh, and the reason we want, and this may lead into some of the other questions, school is going to be starting in uh, several weeks to a month. And for that reason, those vaccines should be brought up to date because all pediatricians believe that children should be in school and we want them to be in school safely. And we'll talk about ways that that can be safe, but this will not be the last time I say this, but these vaccines, the routine children vaccines, children's vaccines are very safe and effective. Now, which vaccines are those? They are against diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, they're against types of meningitis due to Haemophilus influenza and pneumococcal uh, streptococcus pneumonia. That's a bacteria that causes pneumonia and, and bacterial infections and meningitis. They protect against hepatitis B. They protect against rotavirus. That's an oral vaccine given to small children. I think I've covered all the routine. At about a year of age, then we protect children with uh, immunizations against measles, mumps, rubella, and even against chickenpox. People can't see me, but I have gray hair and wrinkles. I have been around when uh, children didn't have the chickenpox vaccine, and we would see 40 to 50 cases of bacterial infections and serious bacterial infections from children scratching their chickenpox and getting infection and since that vaccine has started, in just the time I've been in Lubbock in the mid-1990s, 
we do not see those children admitted to the hospital at all. It's just remarkable. So for children who are about to go back to school, what vaccines would they get? Good, very good question. So according, you know, children to different ages get different vaccines. Doctors, nurses, health departments, pediatricians know who gets what when. That one's going back to school, uh, younger ones, uh, they, they catch up on some of their boosters. The, the 12-year-old and above, they get vaccines against, against meningitis, a meningococcal meningitis, and that's the first time they get that in the routine. They get a booster against tetanus and pertussis, and that's a good one. And then they get another vaccine against cancer. It's the HPV vaccine. I am blessed to have 10 grandchildren. The grandchildren who are teenagers have all had all of those vaccines because they work. And I'm really glad that they are protected against tetanus, whooping cough, uh, meningococcal, meningitis, and against cancer that's caused by human papillomavirus. Now, what about the COVID vaccine? Oh, very good. So thinking back again, uh, I'm older than the pediatric age group. And as a healthcare provider, I was uh, blessed and received the first COVID vaccine for myself in December of last year. And then the second one exactly three weeks later. And I can't tell you the relief that I got knowing that I was protected. And that's the uh, confidence I have in that vaccine. And so as people have followed this, it is now recommended for all adults. In the spring of this year, in 2021, I was really excited because now there's a vaccine that's approved for children above the age of 12 to 15. And so that's the one that uh, at least the two grandchildren in Lubbock, because they're above 12, they've already received both doses. Two grandsons that we're going to spend a vacation with have already, they're above that age, they've had that vaccine as well. It really is valuable. Now, what has not happened yet, so those are the COVID vaccines for adults, and I will call them older children, 12 to 15, and anybody above 15 is eligible for some of the vaccines that are used by adults, different ones, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, but Pfizer covers uh, the, the, uh, them all from all the age groups right now. The vaccines for children younger than that will be coming, but I cannot predict when they will be coming. I, the earlier, the better, but it may not be in 2021. I hope it is, but if it's not in 2021, I think it's going to be in 2022. Why can't children 12 and younger just take the same COVID vaccine that the rest of us took? Why, why do we have to be sure it works in younger children? We are sure it works in 12 to 15-year-olds. And so because children's immunity is different than, than older people, and we certainly don't want to take any risks with children, we want to get the doses right, and we want to get the frequency. Does it is it one shot, or does it have to be two? And so those studies uh, are being done right now by the companies that make these vaccines, and they're going to do it from below 12. So let's take 11 till about nine, till 11 till about eight, and then they're going to look, and they are looking now at children eight to about, and then younger. 
They're even going to go down to about six months of age. And so I cannot predict because those studies have not yet been completed, but when they're completed and when it is approved, not only by the FDA, but by the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Centers for Disease Control, I'm going to have confidence that it will protect those children at that age. We'll just have to wait and see. But right now, I think we should use what we have. And what we have are the adult vaccines and the vaccines for teenagers, very important. We're doing this today, July 22nd. And as uh, we know, we've been through a bad pandemic and this Delta variant is uh, around and it looks like it's beginning, it is beginning to affect the rest of the United States Texas, and even Lubbock. So it is uh, the way to stop it right now is with the vaccine. As parents think about going back, uh, their children going back to school, I know we talked about the younger kids, but what about their children who are maybe going off to college or high school? Do they need any sort of booster or vaccines other than yes. COVID? Yes. The, the, the ones in high school and in college, it's going to be to make sure they have had that, uh, it's called the Tdap booster, the meningococcal, the meningitis vaccine, and also the HPV vaccine. Uh, one of our uh, grandsons is going to college this year, and he's going to have all of those vaccines before he goes. Uh, very important. And a lot of the colleges want to see those vaccines before they register, and they all recommend them. So what about adults and what vaccines should they consider or should they consider vaccines or boosters if they're yes. going back to the office or to work? Yeah, good question. So let's say there wasn't a pandemic. They should still get their vaccines because every 10 years you're supposed to get a, a tetanus vaccine. And the best way to do that is when you're wherever you see for your health care. I, I got my Tdap, which was a tetanus vaccine, but it also is a little bit of a booster against pertussis, even though I've had the vaccine and probably had the disease, it makes me better so I don't catch it. And then I can't give it to any small babies that I might be examining and things like that. So that's one Tdap. And the other one uh, is pneumococcal a pneumonia vaccine because we old people can get susceptible to uh, pneumonias. Usually it's above 55 or 65 and above. And then there's uh, the one that's advertised on uh, television, Zoster. It's the chickenpox vaccine that comes back just in parts of the body. And so there's a Zoster vaccine that's recommended as well for people above a certain age. Best there to talk to your healthcare provider on an annual or what, whatever checkup every two years annual and, and make sure that you're up to speed. Now, in the pandemic, if you haven't been to the doctor, you can do that. But now this is an also an opportunity to get the COVID vaccine if you haven't already had it. Should we also consider getting a flu shot when flu season comes around? That's that, a very good question. For the last 10 years in a row, I've had my flu shot on TV to show that influenza vaccines are safe and effective. And every year I follow the recommendations. We've had a very interesting winter from 2020 to 2021, because we were wearing masks a lot and we were washing our hands a lot, there wasn't as much influenza in the United States. 
So I'm going to wait. I'm sure there will be a recommendation to get the flu vaccine, but I always, we want to follow which flu vaccine they want us to get, because if there's been some changes in other parts of the world, we want the one that is circulating in the world, because that's the one that will be the most protective. I will line up and get it. I don't think those announcements have been made about uh, any changes yet, but they usually come in late August to early September in the United States. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add? I'm going to ask the new father to tell us his concerns about his baby and vaccines and how they plan to handle that. It's, Great. His name is Ben Sheets. Welcome, Ben. Go ahead, ben. Well, we, uh, we've thought about it, um, about vaccines a lot and um, have people that we know that not get vaccines uh, for their children. And we just think that looking back at the history, why would we not use this, this prevent, prevention of these diseases that um, you know, have caused a lot of harm in the past and even death in the past? Why would we not take advantage of these preventative measures we can take to protect our little girl as best as we can? Next to him is Josh. Josh does not have children yet, but uh, I hope you will be blessed with them. And when you do, what would be your recommendations? Even if I am not personally concerned about, let's say, my kids catching certain diseases, I do feel like it's an obligation to the community as a whole for my kids to be vaccinated. So it protects those kids with maybe leukemia who can't protect themselves. Yeah, very well said. There was before we started this, I showed, I played for them a song that was on our iPhone, and uh, I can give the website to it. I don't think I want to play the song uh, unless you want to hear it. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> oh, let's hear a few seconds, and then we'll tell our listeners the website. Okay. Let's see. Uh, can you bring it up? I'm going to ask uh, Josh to bring it up. He's going to play. It is related to Texas. It is a uh, kind of a country Western tune, but it talks about the history of vaccines. And I think the website is, you know, if you look up uh, the vaccine song, youtube.com, it comes up. <laughs> Let's see if I can play a couple of seconds. <laughs> You can you can very tell very much tell it's from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is before the COVID epidemic, but it points out the the value or the difference before we had vaccines and now that we have vaccines, how children have benefited and families have benefited by that wonderful discovery. Uh, I know public health wise. Other than clean water, vaccines have saved more lives than anything else. Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast and telling us all about vaccines and for all ages and explaining why it's important that even though we might not get sick, that it's possible that we might get others sick. So thank you so much. Thank you, Melissa. You know, what do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. So it is good to treat people like we want to be treated. I agree. I'm happy to be here at Texas Tech. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Get on the Mend. If you like what you've heard, please feel free to share this podcast with your friends and family. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice.
Always seek immediate medical advice from your physician or your healthcare provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Get On Demand is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center.